This is the One Accord Podcast, continued discussion on the future of Israel. If you missed part one, don't forget to check it out. And now we join part two, already in progress. Well, Greg, because of the uh, the, the miracles of uh, modern editing, we just chopped that out, and uh, so we we didn't want to continue the conversation. Oh, bummer! You, so. I was I was hoping you guys would have resolved this while I was gone. So. Yeah, last time last time we did, we let you leave and come back, and uh, um, uh, this time we just uh, we'll keep you here. So um, I think Eric maybe was going to make. I mean, certainly the 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 rapture is a potentially related issue. Um, if we're going to stick to what Romans eleven, which it sounds like Eric, you were trying to talk about Romans eleven. Yeah, I think that that. My very brief interpretation of that is that um, until the fullness of the Gentiles comes in and so all Israel will be saved does distinguish, and it's similar to that quote that you had from from Malachi when they asked, well, how have you loved us? Jacob I've loved and Esau I've hated. Um, Esau's mountain was desolate. Jacob's was not. Edom had been uh, judged and gone. And while Israel might be brought out of their land, which has happened before, they might be dissolved as a a national polity, which we've certainly seen, um, the uh, the people of Israel, the descendants of Israel, ethnic Israel, will never cease to be until the end. Because, um, and that gets back to Romans nine six, uh, when when Paul is, I think, saying this Israel, they're all unbelieving. Well, if if all of Israel is unbelieving, then God's promise would have somehow failed. If all of Israel was destroyed, um, and and again, not just sent to the nations, but God was able to bring them back again. He did it after he scattered into Assyria. He did it after he scattered into Babylon. He's done it even within our own lifetime when they were scattered to the nations and then they got to reorganize as a polity in Israel. Um, God has a purpose for this group and their identity, even even unbelieving Israel. Um, there is still a purpose in his plan and God has been saving a remnant all along the way. And I think that Paul is, at least in part, um, comforting himself because he sees so many unbelieving. He's saying that God is going to continue to be saving his kinsmen even well all the way until the very end. Now, how the end works out, whether there's a rapture, or there isn't a rapture, how we interpret the rapture, if that's the return of Christ or if there's a, you know, whatever, those are all other related issues. But um, ethnic Israel will exist um, even if we look and say, well, Israel doesn't believe anymore. Well, there's a remnant. There are some from Israel who believe. And I think that's exactly the point that Paul's making yeah. in Romans 9. And I don't, I don't disagree with a, I don't think I disagree with anything you just said. Eric, how about you? Um, yeah, well, I, more or less, I, I want to rule out one thing immediately because uh, in Romans eleven twenty six, I, Joe, you don't believe this. Greg doesn't believe this. Nobody I know personally believes this, but I have heard some radical Preachers say all Israel means that God will save every single Israelite uh, who has ever lived. That's the promise that he's made. Well, this this can't be true. Uh, and just one example out of many others. Judas. Is, uh, yeah, that's, that's one. Um, this is in Luke 13, starting at 22. He says, and he was passing through from one city and village to another, teaching and proceeding on his way to Jerusalem. And someone said to him, Lord, are there just a few who are being saved? And he said to them, strive to enter through the narrow door. And for and Calvinists, you do have to put forth effort. For many, I tell you, will seek to enter and will not be able. Once the head of the house gets up and shuts the door, and you begin to stand outside and knock on the door saying, Lord, open up to us, then he will answer and say to you, I do not know where you are from. Uh, then you will begin to say, we ate and drank in your presence and taught in your, uh, and you taught in our streets. Of course, he's talking about Jews. And he will say, I tell you, I do not know you where you are 
uh, where you are from. Depart from me, all you evildoers. Um, but you, I think so, you, I think you missed where it said, and Wesleyans work so hard that you actually like practically become perfect. So <laughs> did, can you go back and hit that? <laughs> Another time. <laughs> okay. All right. Selective reading. Excellent. Another time. Hey, you don't take the bait with him, but you take it with me. You guys get into it now. <laughs> <laughs> I think oh. I like Eric more than you as time goes on. <laughs> I know this budding friendship for the ages. I'm going to yeah. get pushed out. You guys are going to have your own thing going. So sorry. Yeah. Please, please continue, Eric. Call it okay. two chord podcast, just Eric and I. <laughs> <laughs> the dynamic duo. Um, 28. In that place where, in that, I'm sorry, in that place, there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth when you see Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob and all the prophets in the kingdom of God, but yourselves being thrown out. Now, what he's saying is that he's talking about Jews. And he's saying not all of you will be welcomed into the kingdom of God. Some of you will be excluded. Now, the believing ones uh, are included, of course. And the unbelieving ones are excluded. So in Romans eleven twenty six, Paul can't be saying literally all Israel without exception throughout all of history will be saved. That that doesn't even doesn't make sense. It doesn't yeah, I fit guess with any other I've text. never I've never heard that argument. But again, the argument that I hear and and Joe, I'm not saying you're making it, comes out of the dispensational premillennial camp that says once the church is gone, that's God's going to be doing something. So that in that time, at that particular slice of eternity, um, all of every single one of those Jews will be saved is, is what I hear, what I read coming out of, out of those camps. Yeah. I appreciate that. Um, you know, I, cause I'm, I'm not, I'm not saying that way. Um, with this text, I think that now is the time of the Gentiles is coming in. Paul is saying. Even, you know, Eric, I agree that, that Luke 13 here is saying what you're saying. There are other places in Scripture we can see, unless you believe I am who I say I am, you will indeed die in your sins. You know, he's talking again to, to Jews. Romans 9, 10, and 11, he's talking about believing Israel and unbelieving Israel and them being cut off. And Eric, you talked about it in the last episode, uh, that same language from the Old Covenant, being cut off. This wasn't a good thing. You're no longer a participant, right? I mean, you were born in here, but if you if you break the law and are cut off, you're not a participant anymore. And so... um you know, we, we all agree that words, they mean something. And I don't such break this into such a hard thing of saying, okay, there is a future time when every single 100% ethnic Israel will be saved. That's not what I think he's saying. I think that he's talking about the whole sweep of history from beginning to end, that once the, the fullness of Gentiles has come in, however all that works, now we're, we're ending this whole thing. The Gentiles have come in, the full number of them, so all the Gentiles are saved. We, we can make the same agreements. Well, is every Gentile saved? No, no, no. All the Gentiles have come in that God's going to save. And so at that time, all Israel will be saved. And he's not talking about this group, is it? He's saying all Israel will be saved at that point. All Gentiles will be saved at that point. It's not saying that every Gentile is saved and every Israelite is saved. It's saying that at that point, when we get to the end, now, now it's done. And so anybody who thinks that Jews aren't being saved now, particularly like maybe replacement theologians or someone who thinks that God no longer is saving Israel or he's, he's done with Israel. I talked to a guy, none of you guys, but I talked to a guy who was incredibly arrogant against Israelites and he didn't even think Israelite, Israel even existed anymore. Um, in any sense of the term, he didn't think that even like, you know, national ethnic Israel, this was all, they're all imposters. And, um, 
you know, he, he's God only cares about the Gentiles. He only cares about them. In fact, salvation of the Gentiles, there's, there is no more salvation for the Jews. That, that time, that boat is sailed. I'm like, whoa, that seems to be completely contrary to the argument mm. that is here in Romans 9, 10 and 11. And so when he says all Israel will be saved, he's, he's in the same way saying all Gentiles will be saved, not in the sense of, of universalism, but of saying that this plan of God and his plan of redemption, Jews are still being saved by faith in the Messiah. And Gentiles are still being saved by faith in Messiah. And there is a time coming, even as this passage in Luke 13 says, when the door will be shut and now now the time of salvation is over. But Romans 10, right in the middle, he says, today is the day of salvation. So we're still here. Today is the day of salvation. And the door hasn't been shut. So we should still be proclaiming the gospel to both Jew and Gentile. And all who believe, uh, all who call on the name of the Lord will be saved. Again, that's Amen. all there in Romans chapter 10. So um, Smash the done, brother. Yeah. We agree. <laughs> we did it. <laughs> Uh, well, so let that, me, um, yeah, oh, go ahead. Sorry, go ahead. No, no, please. Well, I want to push back on a, not what you guys said, but on another view. Um, and, uh, I, I was considering this view at one time. Um, and I, I ended up rejecting it because I just think the context does not support it. There are some good godly Christians who I respect who, uh, who hold this view, but for, for, Exegetical reasons, I just can't do it. Some understand Israel in Romans eleven twenty six to refer to the church, not not natural Israel. Um, I don't believe that that's the case here. I don't I don't think that Israel in Romans eleven twenty six could could refer to the church. Um, Me either. Can I just ask before you continue, Greg? Do you think that it speaks at the church there? Because I I thought that that was your view, but I just I'm not sure. Um, let me. You said Romans eleven twenty six. Mm-hmm. This um, is where I thought the whole conversation was going because I thought I I thought that Greg thinks that all Israel being saved is speaking about there in eleven twenty six. Israel is the church, um, and so that's why I that's why I'm trying to pause you here because I, I I think that this is where you guys disagree, but I could be completely wrong on what Greg believes. Um. I think Greg I said earlier you, I, he didn't know. Well. Um, I would tell you this. Um, I probably would have said that prior to our last conversations, last two conversations. Um, um, I'm, I'm definitely more. Yeah, I, I'm. I'm changing my position. Hmm. Okay. Sorry. Continue, because I'm interested in your exegetical reasons. I thought this. Like I said, I thought this whole episode was basically going to be the disagreement between you guys on that. And so um, oh, I'm curious yeah, my, to hear my, why my, maybe my disagreement definitely comes from, again, everything that I hear pouring out of the normal dispensational premillennial camps. Hmm. Well, I think okay. you and I have talked about off offline. I'm often like, I stopped reading premillennial dispensations because they frustrate me too. So uh, I, I'm in agreement with you on that, um, but maybe not over all the exact same issues. But um, uh, Eric, please, uh, please let us know your exegetical reasons for rejecting it. Cause I, I I'll just say, I agree with you on that, I do not think that uh, that Israel there is talking about the church, but eth- ethnic Israel. Right. Well, the first reason is just is because of what what comes before this verse. Um, so he says, for example, in verse twenty three, and they also, if they do not continue in their unbelief, will be grafted in. For God is able to graft them in again. For if you were cut off from what is by nature a wild olive tree and were grafted contrary to nature into a cultivated olive tree. How much more will these who are the natural branches be grafted into their own olive tree? Okay, now, 
notice he, he just got done saying that God is able to graft natural Israel back into their own olive tree. The olive tree is Israel's natural tree. Okay, and that's why God can so easily graft them back into it. He says in verse 25, For I do not want you, brethren, to be uninformed of this mystery, so that you will not be wise in your own estimation, that a partial hardening has happened to Israel until the fullness of the Gentiles has come in, and so all Israel will be saved. I'm not going to read the entire thing. He mentions a prophecy that, that, that this would fulfill. Now, he says all Israel will be saved, and I believe that, is connected to what he just said in uh, the earlier verses I read about Israel being grafted back into the olive tree. That seems to be the most natural way to take it. Now, there's other, there's a few other reasons why I think this is talking about natural Israel. The first is because verse 25 makes a distinction between natural Israel and the Gentiles. And, it's, and it stands to reason that verse 26 also refers to natural Israel. So if this is, if this is not so, then the transition from 25 to 26 is awkward and unnatural and makes no sense. The, the next reason um, why I believe this is natural Israel is because the word they, in verse 28, um, speaks of those who are enemies of the gospel for the sake of the Gentiles. And that language is applied to natural Israel throughout the chapter, Romans 11, 11, 11, 12, 11, 15, 11, 19. Israel, uh, unbelieving Israel, they were enemies of the gospel. They were opposing the gospel. They were opposing uh, Christ. Called up for so, the synagogue of Satan. That's right. Yep, that's exactly right. Yeah. So I, I think contextually, you you can't make a case, or at least not a good one. I think you can't make a case that the Israel mentioned in Romans eleven twenty six is the church. You can't make a case for that. I think it you you'd have to. You'd have to be consistent and consider everything that was said before and after, which leads me to believe that uh, this this Israel in Romans eleven twenty six is natural Israel. So that that's my position on it. Uh, those are my reasons for believing that. Now this opens up a whole bunch of other questions naturally, because then the question is, well, how how is that going to happen? And maybe I don't know. To me. It seems like that's kind of the bigger question. The bigger question is, what's going to bring this about? And as I look at the context, um, it, Paul said earlier in Romans 11 that, that God, was, God had a strategy, and his strategy was to make Israel envious um, by you know, bringing the Gentiles into, into this new covenant and, and giving them the blessings. So uh, it's it sounds to me as if maybe uh, what brings about this salvation of all Israel is it has something to do with the salvation of the Gentiles, and I admit that's a very vague uh, way to look at it. I, I confess I don't have any you know specific answer to that, but that's my best guess as to how it happens. Something to do with that. So. Prior to our conversations, um, I would have, and I'm not saying I completely abandoned this position, but um, I would have drawn the line between what we see in in 1 Corinthians, I think chapter 10, where Paul says, Israel according to the flesh. And now if you're reading from your major translations, you're going to see the nation of Israel. Um, But the Greek there is clearly 
Israel according to the flesh. I would have drawn the distinction between Israel according to the flesh and spiritual Israel. So are we can what I'm changing my mind, and again, I'm changing my mind as I as I sit here. Um, instead, are we saying believing Israel and unbelieving Israel, maintaining maintaining ethnic unity, drawing the distinction between their believing and unbelieving? Um, I won't speak for Eric. I think that, um, and we didn't we didn't really even get a chance to talk about this verse from First Corinthians ten that Paul uses that terminology according to the flesh often. And this would be contrary to anybody who does think that everybody who is Israel according to the flesh is saved. And so his example that he gives in 1 Corinthians 10 is of unfaithful, unbelieving, idolatrous Israel. And so they were cut off from the promises. So for anybody who thinks that you're saved just by being a child of Abraham, born into the right family, born into the right nation, Paul's arguing against that. I do not think that we can then go the next step and say, because he never says Israel um, instead of kata, flesh, kata, spirit. And he does use that language in Galatians um, about we're not supposed to walk according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. So this language is all in his arsenal. Um, and when he says kata, sarks, uh, according to the flesh, um, he uses that of Christ. Um, and so it's not always unbelieving. He is making, I believe, a very clear distinction about ethnic Israel and Everything Eric just said before your distinction here, um, or before your your question, uh, Greg, um, I can say amen to you, Eric. I, I think that you've handled that text very well, and that um, I'm in full agreement that anybody who would try and make a case that Israel here in Romans 11 is anything other than unbelieving Israel, um, or that it's the church, I would disagree with them. And I think that that's perfectly consistent with how I tried to have us handle Romans 9, 6. And so I think that that's just the natural continuation of this, this rule. And my pleading, again, for all of us, is to think that, again, that, that making that negative inference that just because Paul says Israel according to the flesh, that somehow that means that we can then make some other positive affirmation about, quote unquote, Israel according to the spirit, that might seem logical, but it's actually illogical. People do it all the time. And, um, you know, when I say something and I, I get upset because you're like, well, it sounds like you're saying this, but I didn't say that. You're, you're, you're drawing an inference from what I did say. And, um, I don't want us to do that to Paul because Paul can't answer for himself. And so if he ever said anywhere, Israel, according to the spirit, I would be with you guys a hundred percent. It'd be super easy to just say, yeah. And, and I, again, I don't, I would have no reason to deny that. Um, but so the way that Eric just articulated it and you bring in a uh, first Corinthians 10, if I'm understanding you, yes, I think that he is talking about this unbelieving aspect that they're not saved because simply because they are, Kata Sarks, just because they're according to the flesh. They're not, they're not participants in the promise because by their unbelief, they were cut off. They were cut off in the old covenant. They're definitely cut off in the new covenant that in order to participate though, it's not in Israel, it's in Christ. That's, that's my addition to the question that you're asking and how I would uh, at least initially reply. I don't know if Eric, you would say something different. Well, I agree with some of it. Um, uh, <laughs> that's nice, but not, not, maybe not with all of it. I mean, I, I still maintain that the olive tree, um, the olive tree is is Israel, but me too. Um, it's just the unnatural branches are still Gentiles. Okay, Eth- ethnically yes, but um, I, I I guess just one thing to point out is that uh, when he says all Israel will be saved, again the the um, 
he's talking about the deliverer will come from Zion. He will remove ungodliness from Jacob. This is my covenant with them when I take away their sins. By the way, this has to be the new covenant. And Joe, I think you agree with that too, that mm -hmm. there's no way this is the old covenant because the old covenant is obsolete and was completely done away with when the temple was, well, it, was, it disappeared, I should say, when the temple was destroyed in 70 AD. But then he says, from the standpoint of the gospel, they, they are enemies for your sake. I think the they is the Israel that's mentioned in Romans eleven twenty six. I agree. And so it's it's the this Israel is at the present time they were enemies of the gospel, which which means obviously they they're unbelieving Israel. Um, uh, and then so and now here now I guess the the next question is if that's the case, why? Uh, why is God going to do this for them in the future? Why, why is God so committed to them? And that just grace, verse twenty nine. Yeah, verse verse twenty nine. He says, "For the gifts and the calling of God are irrevocable. For just as as you once were disobedient to God, but now have been shown mercy because of their disobedience." Uh, and what he means here is, uh, the Gentiles were shown mercy. Because of Israel's disobedience, that rejecting Christ, so these also now have have become, I'm sorry, have been disobedient. That because of the mercy shown to you, they also may now be shown mercy. So oh, the first thing he says is, the reason God's going to do this is because God's gifts and calling are irrevocable. Okay, and of course this is you got to, we have to take this in context. This is not talking about, you know, it, it can't be applied to every single gift that God gives. But it's talking about calling Israel as a nation, and I, that, at least that's the way I understand it. Um, and so he uh, and, and, and he goes on to say too that the um, he said the the salvation of Israel is is connected with the mercy that God has shown the Gentiles, and he said that basically he said pretty much the same thing earlier in the chapter. When he's talked about, um, uh, I think it's in verse 14, if somehow I might move to jealousy, my fellow countrymen, and save some of them. How, how does he move them to jealousy? Well, by preaching the gospel to Gentiles and bringing them into the kingdom. And now that they have these kingdom blessings, uh, they could become envious or jealous and, and want the same things. So it, that's, that's the way that I see it. So um, I, I guess I would I would want to just clarify, or I'll throw this out there for you guys to disagree with. I'm sure you will. Um, verse 28, uh, we said for the standpoint uh, from the standpoint of the gospel, they are enemies for your sake, and you said that's talking about Israel in verse 26, and I and I would disagree with that. I believe it's talking about the um, the subject from verse 25, those who have been hardened. Um, and again, we, we have, we have struggles because we're talking about groups, but we're also talking about in, individuals. I think those people in verse 28 who are enemies of the gospel aren't necessarily belonging 100% in total to the Israel we see in verse 26 though some of them may have repented, but in that case, they are no longer enemies. Uh, here in verse 28, we see they are enemies. 
They may not be in the future, but for now, those individuals are enemies, which means they belong to the partially hardened, not not individual partially hardened, but the the partial meaning of the of the group. So those who are hardened are the enemies in verse 28, possibly, but not necessarily, the Israel who will be saved in verse 26. Agreement, disagreement? I want to make sure I understand what you're saying. Um, I keep putting my Bible down. I don't know why I'm doing that. You, you made the point that those being, and I think you said this specifically, those who are enemies of the gospel for your sake are Israel in verse 26. I believe that's, if I, if I misunderstood well, you. So that, all I'm saying is, you slightly I, I don't think it's, okay. you, you, you that, that happens. I'm slightly yeah. incompetent. Well, no, no. I mean, what, and I, I could have been, I could have been more clear about it. Um, I just, I just use that to make the point. Not that uh, I'm not, I'm not saying that the Israel that will be saved in the future is the are were the Jews that were the enemies of the gospel in the first century. All I'm saying is that he, that this makes the case. My argument makes the case that Paul would have to be talking about unbelieving Israel. So it's it, it's not an argument that the people at that time are the same Israel that will be saved in the future. I'm just saying that that it just makes the case that it's it's unbelieving Israel as opposed to as opposed to the church. Yeah. I I wasn't disagreeing with your point. Again, I said the one the one clarification or correction I would want to make to your statement was what I just previously said because because I believe I heard you say that the people being talked about in verse 28 are the people being talked about in verse 26. So I just wanted to clarify that. I should say the same kind of people, not the exact same people, the same kind. Sure. Joe, what do you, what do you think? Um, well, uh, <laughs> I'm sometimes uh, slightly incompetent too. So I'm not sure I fully understand uh, the distinction that's being made. I mean, I was with you up until, I guess I'm not sure I, I fully understand the, the disagreement or the, the clarification. It sounds to me like you guys are saying that Eric, at least you're saying, these who are enemies are unbelieving Israel and they're fighting against the gospel. Certainly in Paul's life and ministry, some of his fiercest opponents were people who were previously like him, unbelieving Israel. Um, and that, that opposition as enemies of the sake of the gospel is still, though, um, part of the opportunity for how God has opened up the door so wide to Gentiles. Is that the general argument? I think there's a, I think the connection is, and this is, this is uh, speculating on my part. Um, there's a connection, I think, between the salvation of Gentiles and the salvation of all Israel. It's, it all, it's almost seems like one hinges on the other. Um, at least that's how I that's how I see it, because he says, um, "We're doing this." Yeah, just leave it open, man. Don't you have some room on your desk or something? You know, I actually don't. The problem is, I have a printer uh, over here. I have a whole bunch of books on this side. I got my well, Eric. You don't need that godless printer. Get it out of there. You need your Bible, friend. So <laughs> it's a weapon of the <laughs> devil. It doesn't, it doesn't even work half the time. Yeah. <laughs> um, you get your Bible demon. stand or something. We, should, we, we can have a uh, we can have a deliverance ministry on your printer. I mean, my exercise. desk is my desk is messy, but I got this. I mean, my Bible can just sit right here. Just, my desk is here, gi- my, It's funny. My desk is gigantic. I got it from work, and um, 
Well, my wingspan, this is over six feet long and it's about four feet wide. This, this desk is gigantic. You got it it's made. Amazing. I do. I have a good life. Fantastic. My best life now. <laughs> yeah. let's, let's hope not. Let's hope for your best life later. <laughs> yeah. yeah. If this is as good as it gets, man, uh, I'm sorry mm. to hear that. Um, no, I'm out for sure if that's the case. <laughs> okay. Now, Romans, ba- we're going to back up. Romans eleven eleven. This is a new idea. I say then, did they stumble so as to fall? So as to fall. Now, when he says fall, some of the newer translations say fall beyond recovery. Um, and it's, he says, may it never be. In other words, Israel hasn't fallen beyond recovery. But by their transgression, salvation, is, salvation has come to the Gentiles to make them jealous. Now, listen to this. Listen to what he says here. He says, and I'm not even sure exactly what to make of this. I, I know what the basic meaning is. But how this is all going to be worked out, or how it even was being worked out, I'm not totally sure. But he says that by turning to the Gentiles, preaching the gospel to them, they receive the the blessings and all that. Um, that was supposed to make Israel jealous, and and by Israel being jealous, they would uh, turn to the gospel. They would accept the gospel and and uh, and become saved. So he says in verse 12, now, if their transgression is riches for the world and their failure is riches for the Gentiles, how much more will their fulfillment be? Okay. So um, anyway, I'm not sure where we were, I was even going. With this, I don't know. Neither do but, I. Uh, but I think well, my, my point was that, um, oh, you, oh, I know why. Because, Joe, you were asking me about um, what what I meant by the connection with with the salvation of Israel and the salvation of Gentiles. That, that's what it was. And Paul seems to be drawing this a connection or making a connection here, and he does so in different parts of the chapter. And especially in 25, it sounds as if Paul's saying, um, he says that a partial hardening has happened to Israel until the fullness of the Gentiles has come in, and so all Israel will be saved. The fullness of the Gentiles it sounds as if that somehow, I don't know if triggered is the right word, or results in, or causes in some way, the salvation of this all Israel. And that's that's my speculation. I don't, I mean, it sounds like he's talking about moving them to jealousy, and maybe if they're, if they're jealous, they'll embrace the gospel. Um, I I don't really know how else to interpret it. I think that's probably... That's about the limits of my interpretation ability. I think I would agree. I mean, well, so Joe expressed this idea a little bit earlier. Um, and I and I feel like you're expressing it slightly different, and maybe you're not trying to. Um, as Joe was expressing the idea, what I saw were, were people being saved from ethnic Jews being saved, Gentile Christians being saved, both through Christ. And they're moving along this timeline in a particular way. Christ returns and the door is shut. Doors open, door shut. We close the book on that. Um, but what it sounds like you're saying is um, we're moving along. All of, all of ethnic Gentiles are saved. And then there's this blossoming and a, a greater fulfillment of Jews being saved. Maybe you're not saying that, but. As it I sounds that you. it sounds that way to me as well. Yeah, so I'm hearing him the same way you are. And I, I um, that's that's my that's my speculation. And I admit that um, 
There's more than one way to look at that. Some people believe that all Israel will be saved sort of in a gradual uh, gradual process. So as, 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 as uh, Jews, or I'm sorry, as Gentiles come in, that brings Jews in. And that process will continue. And then uh, when the... So that when the fullness of the Gentiles has come in, then uh, all the Jews, all of natural Israel, will at that time be so. Um, let me be ask brought you this in, in, a, in a progressive way. That's another so, possible way to look at so it. So this leads. I think the next natural question comes out of the, the dispensational premillennial camp: um, Is the fullness of the Jews when Christ returns, or raptures, or whatever whatever your view there is? Um, and so there is this big salvation happening after Christ returns. Is that what you're saying? I'm, I'm not the the fullness of the Gentiles. The, well, the fullness of the Gentiles coming in, I don't think has necessarily anything to do with uh, uh, with the coming of Christ. Um, I, I'm not I'm not convinced of that. And as a matter of fact, I, I should add. So there'll be, there'll be there'll be a time when the fullness is full before Christ returns. So like, well, let me, so let me, two, let me let's say, say like 2025, the last guy is going to be saved, the last kid's going to be saved. And then we're going to have 2026, 2027, 2028 Christ returns, but there won't be any new Christians between 2000, the end of 2025 and 2000, whatever, 27, whatever I said. Here's my lame answer. Um, <laughs> it's my favorite kind. <laughs> <laughs> now notice how Paul says this. Uh, in verse 15, and I think he might be hinting at something here. He says, for if their rejection is reconciliation of the world. Now, who's there? Who's the there? Unbelieving Israel. They rejected Christ. For if their rejection is a reconciliation of the world, what will their acceptance be but life from the dead? Now, there's two ways to interpret this that I can see. The first is to say that the, the life from the dead means just simply that the nation will be... Um, sort of reborn or resurrected in a spiritual sense. That's one way to look at it. Another way to look at it is to say that um, if if Israel's rejection uh, brought so much salvation to the Gentiles, how much more salvation will will Israel's acceptance of the gospel bring to the Gentiles, which, which leaves open the possibility that the all Gentiles coming in in verse 25, does it mark the end of Gentile salvation? It's simply, it's, it's simply connected with this all Israel being saved. And I know that's kind of a complicated way to look at it, but I think if you, and again, I'm not speaking absolutely, like I said before, I'm, I'm speculating on some of these things because to me, it's not crystal clear here. And as a matter of fact, Paul even says, he calls it a mystery. Um, and he doesn't even explain, he, he explains what the mystery is, but he doesn't explain every aspect of it. So I, I acknowledge to you that there's a, there are a few different ways to look at this. Those are the two ways that I've interpreted verse 15. Um, I, I don't know for sure which one is the, is, is the accurate one, but one of them leaves open the possibility that the fullness of the Gentiles doesn't mean that there's no more Gentile salvation after the fact. All right. So, yeah, I, I definitely um, not sure I understand that view. I guess what I would say is there always is difficulty as we're reading this text and we talk, we're talking about groups of people, but salvation comes to individuals. And so 
no matter when we're talking about a group, we always have to remember we're talking about individuals. So, but I would say this, I don't believe the fullness of the Gentiles is counted. Um, I don't believe that book is closed until Christ returns. Um, and I can agree with that. Um, I think that's entirely possible. Yeah. And, and I don't hold to once the book is closed on the Gentiles, then every Jew who's alive at that time or every Jew who lives from then, um, I, I believe, I believe the fullness will be when, when Christ returns and, mm-hmm. and, and, and every believing Jew from 2000 years ago until Christ returns, um, will be saved. I think that my, um, Slight variance from what you just articulated, Greg, is that I do, because I do believe that the rapture, I think, you, you tell me if you disagree with this. I think maybe Micah stated it, so I don't want to attribute his view to you. Uh, do you do you view the return of Christ at the very end? That's the rapture. Uh, like, if, if there is a rapture, like the return, the second advent, Christ returns, that's it. That's the end. Um, yes. There's nothing after that. Okay. Well, well there, there's eternity after that, but sure. it is... Yes. No, that's, <laughs> yeah, that's it. There's a lot after I that. I didn't, right. I, uh, <laughs> the eschaton, the eschaton is after that. So eternity after that. There's more after that than before. Anyway. Um, yeah. Yes. I, my question was poorly worded. So thank you. Um, so as of today, I still do believe not from these texts that we're looking at here. My, my case would come from somewhere completely different. Um, but I do believe that, um, the time of the Gentiles being fulfilled, the church will be raptured and there is then a, a, the, the fulfillment, the finalized aspect of Daniel's prophecy, um, you know, what some people call the great tribulation, although I don't use that terminology because um, that causes different complications with other places in the scripture, but why it is that many of these prophecies that talk about the coming of Christ that we would interpret as the, the second coming of Christ is still using Israel language. I do believe that there's a continuation after the church is gone that there will be, um, a, in a sense, a real revival amongst ethnic Israel. Do I believe that that then means that every single Israelite will be saved at that time? I don't. It still will be believing, you know, they have to believe in the Messiah. But when I, you know, read Revelation or read the Old Testament prophecies that talk about this, I talk about Israel. I think they're talking about national ethnic Israel and that there will be a revival in some sense. And then when that's done, then all of Israel will have been saved from beginning to end. Yeah, the, the typical, and again, I'm not assigning this to you, but the typical uh, dispensational premillennial view says that 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 all is a hundred is the exact number one hundred forty four thousand. So yeah. again, yes, yeah. no, I, I I look forward to sometime in the future having that conversation. Wait, that, say, say that, that again, about, Greg. That they 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 would say what now? That the well, the the the, 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 the hundred forty four thousand is the total number of of Jews, or what? What was that? Yeah, that I mean that that is a very typical dispensational premillennial position that the church is raptured and the um this all Jews is the the one hundred and forty four thousand described um in Revelation. Yeah. So they would say that, that there's only hundred and forty four thousand Jews on earth. Well, uh, that is the all that, that they cite. It's well, been a while how, how since I read be? a lot of well, it's been a while since I've read <laughs> Well you're Greg, not dispensational you... premillennial, so I imagine yeah. you would be confused. It's not a. It's not a statement that there will only be 144,000 Jews saved. Period. It is talking about a future time. Um, yeah. The world's population has been largely decimated by by many things, and that there is 144,000 of the Jews on Earth at time at that time that will be saved. Yes. So it's not even necessarily saying that that's there's only 144,000 Jews. It's saying that 
of all of the Jews that remain after these cataclysmic, you know, population sure. decimating events that uh, the angel goes and, and seals 12,000 from each of the tribes and and that number is saved. And that's in some sense like the full, now I, I don't, I don't yeah. hold very strongly to that view. Joe, but I you think expressed that it very well, which is why I shouldn't express dispensational premillennialism. But, but yeah, <laughs> sure. Correct. Um, you, you expressed it much better. So, um, in any event, yeah, we, you know, we'll, we'll get into some of those things um, later. Maybe, you know, I, I think we're probably testing the patience of any of our viewers who are still with us at this point. Uh, so, I don't want to keep going round and round. Maybe we can give like uh, each of us like a three to five minute just here's what we think the future of Israel is. And then we can maybe end with that unless you guys think that there's any other matters that we've, you know, we're probably not going to come to full agreement. Um, I appreciated, you know, Greg, you expressing that your view has evolved, you know, as, as we've talked about this, so has mine. Um, doesn't necessarily mean that we all agree with each other, but Eric, hopefully, you know, as we're, we're talking, um, but we could talk about this for the next six hours and still kind of end up in the same place. So maybe just for the, <laughs> for the sake of our viewers, let's begin to wind it down unless you guys object. And if there's something that we haven't talked about that you were really hoping we would get to, maybe we can just give a synopsis. This is kind of the view that what I think the future of Israel is, and, and then we can uh, sign off for today. Do you guys have anything else that you would like to talk about other than that? No. All right. Um, I don't care who goes first. I'm happy to go first and give you guys the last word, or if you'd like um, me to go last. I, I, does anybody want to give that their synopsis first? Yeah, I can I can go ahead. Um, I believe that God will maintain uh, the ethnic lineage of, of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob until Christ returns, and that during that time, um, many, many people will be saved from them, and I, I pray for that, look forward to that. I don't believe that there is any other uh, salvation except by joining uh, the physical body of Christ on earth, that is the church, uh, believing in him, repenting, and trusting in him for salvation, and that everyone that does come to him will be saved without, um, without pre-qualification. Am I next? Uh, or I can. You you tell me. Uh, go ahead, Joe. I agree with everything that Greg said. I can say amen to that. I think if there is any disagreement on our view, it is only simply with the possibility that um, if the church is raptured, that there would be another dispensation potentially for, for national Israel, but their salvation wouldn't be in any other way. It's still the same thing. It's by believing God's promise. It's still by be believing. Um, I think that maybe, maybe um, our disagreement... Uh, uh, and I explain it much more in those. I'll link my articles again to the kingdom of God. But um, I think that the kingdom of God is the biggest scope. I think that Israel was a part of the kingdom of God. I think that the church is a part of the kingdom of God. I think that there, all the dispensations that are um, how God has interacted, it's always been by believing God's promises, but God has worked slightly differently. Not that people are saved differently, but that before the law, after the law, now in the church, and potentially into the future, um, these things all, all believers who've been saved along these things are part of the kingdom of God. So if there's any disagreement, it's simply that um, there is maybe a time after the church is done where there is still uh, an aspect of, of Israel. But again, I wouldn't, I don't make that part of my belief statement or, or you know, part of our doctrinal statement for our church. I, 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 I freely acknowledge that my, um, my conclusions on those are getting into speculative theology. It's about how I piece together um, certain things. And, and I have no problem um, if people piece them together differently. Obviously, I, if they piece it together differently, I think that I'm right and that they're wrong, but that's not some revolution, revolutionary idea, right? So and, and um, one reason I find that hard, just hard to swallow, and I'm not trying to dis disagree or continue the argument, um, is the um, 
I don't, I know you're not saying this, but I don't know what other way to express it. Uh, the secondary nature that gives to the body of Christ to, to the church. Um, yeah. It, it's the, ch- you know, Hey, um, you know, I'm, yeah, I guess my high view of what Christ is doing in the church precludes there from being something. The church is gone and now we're doing something different. I don't see that in scripture. So that's why yeah. I, that's part no, of that's, the reason why I can't hold that view. Sure. That's fair. I think that, um, and again, um, the, the difficulty that national Israel had of thinking that the church could exist because they had such a high view of Israel is that same type of issue. And so we're part of the church and I, I recognize that we would have a very high view of this. And so I have a very high view of Israel. I have a very high view of the church. I have a, a high view of the kingdom of God. And so everything that you said, I agree with. Um, and I believe that national Israel will endure at least as long as the church. Some people think that national Israel doesn't matter. So I think you were saying that at least as long as the church, possibly national Israel endures uh, a little bit longer on earth, but the church to me isn't gone. We're just, you know, the church has a very special place, I believe, in the millennial kingdom where we actually we reign with Christ. We have these, these uh, amazing promises, and it's not just for Gentiles, but for believing Jew and believing Gentile. But anyway, that's the uh, the overall sweep. So again, you and I are in so much substantive agreement, Absolutely. and the parts where we possibly disagree are still things in the future that, quite frankly, um, in my opinion, don't have any impact on our ability to link arms as brother and, brothers in Christ and to do ministry together today. Um, and I I don't think I've heard anything from Eric, but Eric, we'll give you the last word on it for uh, for this episode today to give us your uh, your kind of brief synopsis, whether you agree, any areas that you would uh, qualify differently. I demand that you both agree with me on everything. <laughs> <laughs> Typical Wesley. <laughs> no, not quite. Um, just in summary, uh, uh, I, I my position is that, uh, as we said in the first episode of this topic, that uh, Israel is more than one thing. And um, I believe that there's unbelieving Israel. Uh, we could call them national Israel. And I believe that there is a um, uh, another Israel that's represented by the olive tree in Romans 11. Uh, and I think, though, that I guess the important thing is that these aren't, uh, they're, it, it's not as if Israel is going to exist forever as one body and the church is going to exist forever as another body. But when all, when all Israel's saved, uh, whatever that means, or however that's going to work out, uh, they're going to become one body. In other words, it's like when Paul says they're going to be grafted back in. They're not grafted into a different tree. They're grafted into the same one they were broken off from which just is the covenant community of God. And um, I, 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 support, uh, I support the nation of Israel um, in, in a few different ways, for a few different reasons. Um, I, I support them for, um, of course, there, there, are, there, is some, uh, there are some theological reasons, and, and I've mentioned those today. But maybe more so, more than theological, I just simply support them because that's the moral thing to do. Uh, Christ said, love your neighbor as yourself. We're supposed to love all people. That doesn't mean we agree with everything they do. That doesn't mean we support every decision they make. Of course, that's not true. God doesn't even do that. But I think we, we are called to, um, uh, to love and um, supporting the annihilation of Israel is absolutely wicked. It's wicked. It's, it's, um, despicable 
And no Christian on earth should uh, should have that view because that's a wicked view to have. So my my reasons for supporting Israel are both both theological, but maybe even more so moral, because that's just the the moral position to take. And there will come a day when uh, I think when when all Israel will be saved. And again, how exactly that's going to happen, I can't say. I don't think Paul is very clear in Romans chapter eleven, but I I do anticipate that, and I'm excited to. Uh, uh, to see that happen. Well, Greg, you have anything else to add before we say goodbye for today? I'm sure he's wrong. I'm just not sure how. So it'll take you <laughs> no, a while to find out. No, I doubt it. <laughs> no. um, yeah. So I guess I, I will respond to one thing because uh, I think I started off the first episode by saying, no, I don't unequivocally support any nation. Um, and, and I still stand by that. And I don't think you're saying that, but um, you know, when, when the nation of Israel, Ethnic Israel, as it exists now, does good and righteous things. Um, amen. Praise God. Yea to that. Um, when they are engaged in, if they are engaged in wickedness and evil and idolatry, uh, engaged in the in the rejection of Christ, I would tell them to turn and repent. Uh, do I want them annihilated? Absolutely not. Um, and I wasn't saying that, Craig. I I, I I I didn't think you were, but again, I want to make sure that I'm. I'm clear on that. No, I don't, I don't want them annihilated. And, um, you go, well, what about other nations? Do you want them annihilated? Well, um, that's a tough one. Uh, um, you know, God, God commanded the, the annihilation of, of some nations. So, um, you know, that is a sticky point in our, in our theology. That Maybe some of their leaders. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, so yeah, I, yes. Um, I have, I am sure that it is a testimony of scripture and I don't want to be arrogant against them. Um, I do pray for the salvation of Israel. I pray for the salvation of, of every man, woman, and child. Um, I, I think I know that that's a good thing. So I just want to clarify my position there. As I said, I didn't necessarily stand with Israel in the first episode. Fair enough. Well, brothers, we could go round and round, but we'll uh, let that be the end of it for today. Uh, as always, I appreciate your willingness to engage in these conversations and to uh, uh, hear one another out and, and try and uh, clarify where maybe we're we're being misunderstood and, and to have the uh, the patience to uh, um, sit and talk. Because uh, Greg, I think I think it was you at the beginning said um, this is uh, becoming more and more rare in our society that people who disagree with each other can ever even have any kind of civil discourse. And so uh, I uh, am thankful for you guys. I'm thankful for uh, your participation in the body of Christ. I join you in praying that God will continue to uh, bring more and more people into the household of God as people believe in these amazing, uh, beautiful promises that are uh, in Christ are yes and amen. And so if you're still watching this video and you got any value from this, uh, consider hitting the thumbs up button. Uh, consider letting us know your thoughts in the comments below. If you're not subscribed to the channel, you know, you could subscribe if you want, because that's how uh, these things work. If you want to do that, that's, uh, you know, great. Makes us, you know, happy It feel better. I don't know what it does for us. Um, not much. If it does something for you, you know, click those buttons, all those buttons, the share button. If there's other buttons, you could click those ones. But until next time. Get equipped, obey your king, and glorify your God.